Before listening to this episode, remember that we are currently selling our token. You and your friends will be able to make part of the seasteading ecosystem. Visit veryon.io for more information. And if you want seasteading to go to your country, we now have a Blue Frontiers global contest with a final price of $100,000. Make your own seastead. Visit bluefrontiers.global to win the possibility of bringing a $60 million investment to your city and the chances of hosting our second sister. Hi, I'm Joe Quirk. Welcome to the Blue Frontiers podcast about all my favorite things, seasteading, the environment, special economic zones, and innovation in science, technology, governance, and society itself. Today's podcast brings you Mark Anielski, the author of The Economics of Happiness, which focuses on measuring the wealth of a country based on the well-being of the population and not just on indexes like GDP. Mark was in Tahiti measuring the happiness of Aru, a municipality in Tahiti. Now, here's your host, Natalie Meza-Garcia. Hello, I'm here with Mark Anielski, author of the amazing book that I read in three days called The Economics of Happiness. Mark is right now working on his latest book called The Economics of Wellbeing. Mark, very, very welcome. I'm very happy to be here with you in Tahiti. It's been amazing to meet you. How are you? I'm good, Natalie. How are you? I'm great to have you good. here. Nice to be here. No, I'm yeah, glad. I'm so glad. Um, Mark, can you tell us about your book? What, why you're an economist? Your background is in economics, but you've taken a very unusual turn for an economist, which is to measure a, a really important aspects of our lives that are not connected directly, at, at least that people don't directly connect with money, mm -hmm. which is well-being and happiness, and backing the wealth of a community, a society, or a place with natural assets. Please explain us about your magic theory. Beautiful. Well, my theory isn't necessarily magic, but, it, but you're right, economists focus on measures of, of progress that are mostly money measures, like gross domestic product. And so, and there's many reasons for that. Um, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but money uh, is something that most people don't understand. In the first place, money, a certain amount of money doesn't, uh, there's a certain amount of money that buys a certain level of happiness or yes. where one leaves and there's a sort of plateau that one reaches and that's what the, the science is showing. Uh, so my, my interest in uh, the subject was a, over many years as an economist with government, uh, macroeconomist. And yes. so, you know, I look at the GDP numbers and we use those numbers to Develop policy. Yes. But when you look at the GDP numbers and the origin of GDP, which comes from something called national income accounting, okay. which actually uh, was introduced only in World War II uh, by John Maynard Keynes uh, oh. in Britain, and the reason they the British wanted to measure GDP or gross national product at the time was to determine what's the cash flow in the British economy during the war, so they could tax the people basically oh. for the economy for the war, to pay for the war. Okay. Right? And it was part of the motivation. And after the war, 
national income accounting became a common standard for all nations, except countries like Cuba or China. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the communist countries didn't really have GDP because for them, maybe the money, was, money wasn't as important to them. Maybe their political ideology was more important. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so we, we don't have to go very far back to say, well, why are we so obsessed with measuring progress by money measures? And why aren't we measuring happiness? Mm -hmm. That's a fundamental question. I mean, if you ask people on their deathbed, are you what would you, <laughs> what would you say you're most grateful for? Uh -huh. The amount of money you made? Or your children, your grandchildren? Yes. Um, the things you did? Yes. The people you loved, right? Yes. Um, the things you saw in nature? Yes. So all of these things, what, what I would say is the things that make life worthwhile aren't getting counted. No. We're not asking people about their happiness. We, we so, we're so focused on these money measures that we were completely uh, missing the boat. We're not, you know, we're we're as economists, we're not. Now, economists, economy means household stewardship, household management. Yeah, oikos and oikos, nomos. Yeah, nomos, uh -huh. uh, nomos house. Yeah. Uh -huh. Oikos is household. Ecology means household knowledge. Oikos logia. Right, and then we have all kinds of words like competition, which in Latin means competere, which means to strive together. Oh. The word mortgage in French means a death pledge. Yeah. Our mortgage, <laughs> uh, a pledge unto death. Right. Uh -huh. So we have this language that we use in economics, but it's it's a terrible language, it, or it's it's been turned, twisted, wrong. Like deadline also. Yeah. The word deadline, which is something that all of us use as a writer, for example, you must be very mm -hmm. familiarized with deadlines. But its origin is where, I, I don't remember which, well, basically a deadline was where people were placed in a line before being killed. With firing squad. Yeah, exactly, yeah. a firing, firing squad. squad. Yeah, so, <laughs> so over the years, I mean, I've been, I've been an economist since 1984 when I graduated from university. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I'm also a forester. So I'm, uh, I study forestry and I'm a professional forester. Really? Yeah. Wow. But I I'm, didn't a, know but that. I'm a combination. I'm a forest economist or ecological economist, which means that forest economists think about how do you value nature. Wow. But the word value from the Latin valorum means to be worthy or strong. It's not just about the money expression of something. Yeah. So all of these things uh, I would teach my business students. Uh, I taught at the University of Alberta in the School of Business. I yes. taught corporate ethics, corporate social responsibility, and entrepreneurship. And I was a founding professor at the Bainbridge Graduate Institute in the Seattle area, yes. where I taught sustainable economics. Um, and so my students said, you have to write what you're teaching us. You need to write <laughs> this down. So that was kind of motivated me to write my book. I would have never written the book probably. Really? No. Oh, well, thanks to your students. Yeah, my students like, you wow. got to write it out. And I said, you know, we could, we could just sit and have a beer, <laughs> have a, you know, the iPhone in the middle of the table and record uh, a conversation. You just ask me questions like you're asking me. Wow. And by the time, in a week, we'd have a book. We? <laughs> a Socratic dialogue. Wow. Right? Uh-huh. So, so it's, so this is what, uh, you know, I've been doing my, for a long time now is, as now as a consultant, is measuring well-being. Uh, trying to bring that into how governments operate, local governments or First Nations. I work with Indigenous nations in uh, Canada. And in and, Tahiti. And, and That's I'm why you're TV. here in Tahiti. I'm measuring 
So five years ago I came here, I, I had many hours with President Oscar Tamaru, and, um, <laughs> and, uh, and you know, it's sort of laid out a platform for French Polynesia, yeah. that you could design an economy de bonheur, an economy of well-being or happiness. Um, and well-being is maybe slightly different than happiness. Actually, happiness is a Greek word, uh, oidaimonia, which oi means well-being. Okay. And daimonia, spirit, soul, right? Oh. So the well-being of your soul, right? that's not that's not just about how you know laughing, smiling, you know, in the moment. No, it's deeper. It's deeper. It's deeper. And so we, so uh, you know, I I study history. I study like America's you know life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Mm-hmm. And J- Thomas Jefferson wrote that. What did he mean by happiness? Yes. You know, did he? Did he mean well-being of the spirit, or did he mean something else? <laughs> right? We don't know for sure. Yes. But uh, these are the things I challenge economists to think about. And how do we measure happiness? Let's first talk about happiness and then about well-being. Is that mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. How do we measure happiness? You have a set of questions that give you indexes of, they are very connected to the relations you have. Yeah. Can you talk a bit about how do we measure happiness? We have here a rooster in the back, by the way. We are very connected to nature in the place uh, in which we are. I hope you can hear the birds in the background. Yeah, I hear the chickens because the chickens wake us up in the morning. <laughs> Maybe they don't make us happy when it's three in the morning and the rooster is like, it's not time for coffee yet. <laughs> uh, but that's but, happening. But, what, but so the happiness <laughs> question, I mean, we could ask one simple question on a scale of one to ten, uh-huh. how happy do you feel? Okay. You could say on a scale of one to ten, how, how satisfied are you with your life? Those are the two questions the, that they're asking now every year, the global uh, Gallup poll. Okay, so all the nations now are ranked by that, those questions. Uh, is it a sufficient question? I don't know. So I go a little deeper. It's like, so what specifically mm-hmm. makes life worth living mm-hmm. in your community, in mm-hmm. Ottawa? What is it? Ottawa. Tell me three things. Ottawa is where you're working here in Tahiti. Ottawa is a portion of the island of Tahiti. It's called a commune. Yes. So in the traditional Tahitian, uh, Tahiti is the heart of all Polynesia. So Hawaii is a young sister. New Zealand, Ataroa is a young sister. Yes. Tahiti is the mother. And so the islands uh, are broken down into um, commune, yes. what they call it in French. I don't even know what it is in Tahitian. And, and Tahitian, I'm saying Tahitian, the language of yes. Tahitian. So there's pieces of land that went from the ocean, from the shore to the mountaintop, little slivers. Like a cake. Like a cake. Without the center. Yeah. So Ottawa is at the top of the octopus called Tahiti. Tahiti, if you look at it, is an octopus. And the Tahiti uh, Nui is a big part. Tahiti Iti is little. It's on your arm. Exactly. Yeah, I have a yeah. map. I have a tattoo of a fractal, but it has the shape of but Tahiti. But it's Tahiti. Yeah, and yeah. it was really beautiful because when I noticed the similarity between Mandelbrot set and the Tahiti map, I yeah. was already working here in Tahiti, so I thought that this was meant to be. Me being here, wow. I, I'm meant to be here. Yeah. I have it on my skin already. There you go. So yeah. it's a fractal. So isn't it interesting? And I, I'm only learning this from coming here now. It's like I have, this is my third visit here to Tahiti. But uh, so Ottawa is the top 
like the top part of the head of the octopus, and it's it's actually the spiritual connection. It's the geographic connection to Hawaii. Okay. So if you if you drew a line from the bottom of the Big Island of Hawaii, it would connect straight to Hawaii. Oh. And Hawaii is also the center, the cultural heart of Tahiti. It's the spiritual heart of Tahiti. And so the project we launched uh, on Monday when we when I came here. Uh, so now it's November 27, 2017, just to be <laughs> on record, is, uh, was, um, uh-huh. we called it uh, initiative Te Aroa Airahi, Airahi, so Aloha is the Hawaiian, we always say Aloha, but Aroha is what, how Tunisia, Tahitians pronounce it, and it means love. love. So the, the theme of the project is let your love grow. That's beautiful. Which was uh, a line that one of the elders, the famous, well, he's he's not as famous as you might think he should be, but he came up with these beautiful spirit, you know, insights into Haitian culture. So we were at his house with his son, who's in his seventies now, and he's buried there, right where the family house is. Wow. The, the father who came up with Te Aroa. In the garden. Airahi. Te Aroa Airahi. How do you see that the people from Aroe or Tahitians in general live by that phrase? Because I know that it's a very happy culture. Yeah. It's a it's a it's very well connected with nature. We were discussing recently. You told me that there is no concept for months here. Yeah, no concept of time, <laughs> which is hard to prove, other than maybe the way the constellations move. <laughs> seasonally but yeah so for them I think their happiness I'm, I'm just learning this you have to actually slow down yes I think you have to be in here long enough to go yes you get into the rhythm yes. and they don't they don't really like schedules they feel uh-huh. it's not that they it's but they move sort of like like with the wind with yes. the with the palm trees they dance that way they it's an easy going and so the Tahitians I learned don't have any words for months, no word for November. Mm. It's only we're in the abundance season now. Uh-huh. What does abundant mean? Well, it's raining, so it'll start raining more and more until it'll be raining till March. And, and our March, rain, our March, yeah, our March, <laughs> and then begins the dry season. Oh. So the wet season means that there's fruits and the fish love it. So there's abundance of fruit and food and fish and then the dry season you live through and hopefully you have enough stored to go through the dry season right. so maybe there's only two seasons and not having schedule not living by the schedule by the clock means that you own more your time which for what we talked in these days is your most valued yeah. asset Absolutely. You, you know, you speak. Every child born gets one million dollars put into their account uh-huh. right, value because it's your time, and you, you know, by the, but you're really not using your time for work. You're not contributing outside of your your child. As a baby, no. Unless right. making your mom happy. Yeah. Okay. Perhaps. Maybe by seven or eight, you're helping mom, <laughs> dad clean the house, or so. Okay, that's maybe some in the household that's worth something, uh-huh. but in society, it's you know, unless you're helping in the community and then that time is useful 
valuable, right? So, mm -hmm. but then you're now you're okay. You're an adult, and you're gonna you want to. What are you here for? What are your gifts? I don't know. What is <laughs> Natalie here for? I don't. I don't know. Yeah. But some people know. Like the Cree people say, every child born is an answer to a prayer. Wow. Right. So that your grandparents had a prayer, had a dream, right? Yes. And your mother brought you, your parents brought you into the world, right? Yes. Because there was a dream. <laughs> are you going to do something? <laughs> <laughs> right. So, mm -hmm. so now the question is, what are we here for? What are we here for? Are we here to love? We are here. Are to we love. here to create the space of love to to honor the fact that we are created in the image of love? At the very least, we should be yes. thinking about that. Because if you think of humans on a role in nature and on earth, we are simply one species more. So, if you think of a teleological purpose. There's not really any specific purpose why humans right, exist. Right. Which means that all we need to do is to use in the best way possible this space that we are given, yeah. that we live. And the best way to do that is by means of love. Yeah. Exactly. And then you, you think, oh, it might sound like a throwaway word, love. Like you can throw that word around. I'm like, oh, I love coffee. Yeah. But love is a, I was taught by my one of my mentors that love is an action. Like it's a verb. Mm -hmm. It's not just a feeling. No. And so we, we love through action, through, right? Yes. Through being with others, through relationships, through yes. relationship with nature. So, yeah, it's, it's such a beautiful, so the, the language, and I've learned that the Tahitians and the Hawaiians have very few words because they realize, I think, that they don't need words. Everything's about frequency and vibration and singing and, you know, um, so it's like, wow, so when we say Hawaii, why? Breath, hot breath over water. Wow. Breath over sacred water. Wow. Hawaii. It's a, it's a word that Hawaii. actually frees, frees you. It cleans you. you know? Yeah, it sounds clean. Hawaii. <laughs> Hawaii. 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 <laughs> right. Hawaii. I'm going to start saying Hawaii instead of how are you. Exactly. <laughs> oh. Oh. Okay, hi, I need Hawaii. to go. Oh. So we have 750,000 <laughs> hours of when we're born. That's how many hours you have roughly in oh. your hourglass. Okay. Right, in wow. Your clock. And so it's interesting that. So when we think about, well, how much time do I spend working for money? Mm. How much time do I spend with my my partner, my wife, my children? grandchildren, my, you know, my friends, in nature, all those things that make life worthwhile. Um, of course, we also have to maintain the household. We have to yes. tend the garden. We have to get food. We have to yes. clean the house. We have to, right? Yes. There's things that we need to do to contribute <laughs> to society. Oh, so, yes. but the question is, how much time? Uh -huh. How much time is necessary? So one of the big Things that I started to investigate is why is it? First of all, what is if value is nothing but what we consider worthwhile, and it's not necessarily linked to money? Then what is money? Mm -hmm. Like what? What does money express mm -hmm. as an asset, or is it connected to anything? And you learn, and I've learned this over the years, is 
money is nothing but a social invention. Yes. The Tahitians and actually ancient Taiwanese, uh, who are also the origin of Polynesian, I yes. learned that too, use seashells. So if you if you go back to the indigenous people of Taiwan, yes. they're cousins of Tahitian. And, and they look very much yeah. alike. Mm -hmm. So what do they use for money? Seashell. Wow. Right? Uh, wow. So they didn't use gold coins or uh, other, if anything, the shell was a token. You know, it was just a token, but, you know, and uh, in the island of Yap, they have big round stones that they collect and they make, uh, <laughs> they make, uh, they use these big stones as representation of their wealth. Uh huh. Right? And they have to, but these stones don't exist on the island, so they have to go and go another island, carve the stone. Oh. Canoe it, send it oh. canoe back. Hopefully, the stone doesn't <laughs> fall over because it's stormy. Oh, meow. And once they get the stone back, they're like, This is my stone. Wow. And this represents the power of maybe my my household. And I just lay the stone there, and it's it's always there now. That's wow. interesting. That's very interesting. And I hope the stone has a hole in it. Like the hole? Chinese money. Old money? Oh, yes, hole yes, in it. yes. Like the coins. Yeah. So, oh. why did they. Circle, hole in the circle, two circles, that's their money. Wow. So all of these ancient traditions of money are are there in front of us, but we so what do we do? In our in our imagination and creativity we created money as uh, in computers and you know we first of all we used wooden sticks called tally sticks in Britain. You know, these little oak sticks that represented money. And that started in 1068. Um, 1068, okay. Or roughly 1098, when William the Conqueror became king, you know, unified, you know, the king of England. Um, so that's when those sticks started. Uh, obviously, they, they never met the Tahitians because they had <laughs> stones or shells. And uh, so they, uh, so money then became something that the banks created by yes. simply creating loans, yes. book ledger entries. So now money is nothing but digital. It's just yes. it's nothing. It's, it's actually not connected to anything real. There's nothing backing the money except our faith that this French franc is worth buying a McDonald's <laughs> meal. Exactly. Right? Yes. And, and so it's, it's really about our faith, our trust in the money. But if the money, then, then the question becomes who creates the money? Mm -hmm. Who has the power to create the money? Uh -huh. Well, you think we do. We're the people, right? We, we have the power to make as much money, create the money as much as we need for our society. And it's like, no, that's not true. No. It's who has the power. The private banks have the power. Yes. The banks in London, the banks in New York, the big banks, right? The banks in Paris. Um, and so yes. they, they're the corporations that have the power to create the lifeblood of our community, of our society, right? The energy that money is energy, right? So money, we we then trade our time for something called money, <laughs> and the money we have no power or sovereignty over the, over the money, but we have sovereignty yes. over time. Yes. At least we we hope so. <laughs> we. But the more to but then you, if you think about it, we're in a way we're all slaves to the money system because we don't have the power over the money system. No. And we have to go into debt. 
yes. go to school, to buy a home. We have to go to the bank to get the mortgage. Yes. We can't just say, look, I have 750,000 hours of life energy that I want to invest <laughs> because in ways that I think can contribute most with my gifts, uh -huh. that should be the money system. Have you seen that film uh, where money is the currency? I, the name escapes me right now, but basically uh, everything you work, your work is paid in times, in time, in seconds. And those who have more economic wealth can buy more time. So people who are, don't have that much money are always running out of time. And when their time runs out, they die. So then a revolution takes place that hacks the system and distributes all the seconds into everybody yeah. to create a more egalitarian yeah. society. Yeah, and that's what's happening with Bitcoin. Exactly. Right? It, it's happening, but it's, it's still not still not an ideal system. You have to have a system in which nobody could tell you how to use your 750,000 hours. Nobody. That when you're born, it's time is your bank account. Wow. Now you you decide, I want to do a PhD, go ahead, spend eight years. <laughs> Be crazy, go study some political economy for eight years at Warwick. Or, you know, Four. Go ahead. Four years. I'm going to sit in Tahiti for the next eight years and eat coconut. You know, go uh, swimming with the whales. Like, right? So it's yes. like, but maybe... maybe I'm going to need, do both. Maybe we need a PhD in whatever, political theory, or, you know. But maybe our PhD is learning from nature. Uh-huh. Learning how to yes. heal, learning how to sing and dance and uh -huh. just... And not, I'm not saying be lazy. I'm not saying... I don't think Tahitians are lazy. No, 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 no. Some people might think so. Yes. It's just that they have a different measure yeah. for time. Yeah. And different priorities and values. Right. So I'm learning at the more isolated communities like Bhutan, places that have been isolated from materialism and the money system, seem to be the most highly happiest. There's yes. remote islands in, T in French Polynesia. There's lots of little islands I don't even know about. Yes. Where only three, you know, every three months a plane flies there. Wow. Right? And so what do you do in three months when you're waiting for, what are you waiting for? Cigarettes? <laughs> money? Mm, maybe uh -huh. not money because money doesn't, money in a, in a society where there's 100 people on uh -huh. an island doesn't matter. No. No, it doesn't. Like what matters is the coconut trees are healthy. Yes. So they need a coconut forester. Oh, yes. Right? <laughs> the guy that plants, like Mark's brother Alexander, like Mark Holland's brother, says, you know, what's one man plants a tree every day. Every day. And he has a certain, he has a way of doing it that makes sure that all the coconut trees are healthy. Wow. Right? Because if you don't, if you over harvest a coconut, it crashes, right? The, yes. The ecosystem crashes. Yes. And it's a network. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So in Rapa, Rapa Nui, yes. Easter Island, they have a very healthy, also very isolated uh, from the rest of the world, uh, but they have a culture of reciprocity. So, yes. you know, the food is equally distributed. When, when there's a giant lobster catch, every household wow. gets two lobster. And they, oh. there's a picture, they laid out 93 families, they laid out on the pier, on the dock, uh -huh. 93 equal portion wow. of one fisherman who what, came back with this huge lobster catch. Wow. 
said, okay, everyone has has two each. That's whatever. That sounds really perfect. I know. And so no money needed. Just there's an agreement that everyone shares. The Inuit the, in the Arctic, where I've worked as well, the same culture, shared. Like, yes. Why? Because if, without sharing, they wouldn't survive mm -hmm. in that cold, harsh climate. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that's kind of the. So when you look at what are the characteristics of happy cultures, yes. I think we we actually don't really know. We 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 haven't done enough research into um, learning from their wisdom. And they're not they're not in the list of UN places either. Mm -hmm. You know, Denmark or Norway is always number one, but uh -huh. I didn't you won't find Rapa Nui. You no. don't even find Tahiti. You won't find French Polynesia. No, exactly. French no. Polynesia isn't even the list on the UN development no. index. You won't find Cuba, for example. <coughs> no. And Cuba is a place there's something um there's also a link. I don't know if I want to know your opinion on this. I've seen that places that have moments for dancing tend to be happier, like Cuba, where everybody talks dancing, like Tahiti, where dancing is dancing, exactly yeah. spontaneity. Yeah, uh, I know dancing drives me crazy. Yeah, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> dancing, oh, dancing is a you know, it's a release. It's a mm -hmm. experience of just creative joy. Right? Joy. I don't care what your style of dancing. No. Just move. Just Freedom. Yes. Feel the music. Feel the. And it's in the nature too. When we go into nature, like when do we have when we go on holidays? What do we talk about? You talk about Beautiful. the sunset. You yes. talk about the beauty of nature, or the most amazing meal. But that came from the beauty of nature too. <laughs> yes. So it's like, wow, nature actually wants to heal us, right? Yes. We have to renew that relationship with nature. How can we use the economic systems to get there? Um, well, I think we need to. I mean, part of it is we, we need to address the money system, honestly, and say it's not that there are bad people that the bankers are all bad. I mean, they go to work. They they don't. Most of them don't even know what they're doing. Yeah. But I think that has to heal. We have to do what what the Hawaiians call ho'opono pono. Pono means to make right. So pono pono means to make right what is right. So what is right? To make what right. is good. Is is it good that everyone should have enough income and never go to sleep anxious about tomorrow's paycheck? Yeah. Yeah. Can we do that? Yes, we can. Yeah, we could. We could do it tomorrow. Mm -hmm. We could give everyone in the world. Mm -hmm. Poverty would end tomorrow. Yes. If the billionaires distributed their money, as this time movie talked about, <laughs> just hack the system, yes. distribute, and everyone will have enough money and never be anxious again. Yeah, I understand why you're called the most dangerous man in Tahiti right now. Most dangerous right man now. on the island. <laughs> <laughs> you have a book about happiness. You are one of the happiest men I've met. Aww. You are very open, very joyful, very tranquil. You are very, you're above good and bad. You're, you, you live your life on the basis of what makes you feel fulfilled. Yeah. And yet, <laughs> and, and therefore, you are the most dangerous man. But at the same time, I also, you know, I get moments of it. I mean, I'm obsessed with money, partly because I think that's why I'm here, like, because I understand it now. Yeah. I, but I don't want to fight it, and I don't, it's not an enemy. It's like, it's a challenge. It's a design challenge. But you seem to be solving it when you propose using natural assets to yeah. bad systems created on the blockchain. Right. So we can use 
all this fancy new you know papers. Oh, blockchain is so exciting. It's like well, that's what nature does. Nature <laughs> is the most fantastic blockchain, wow. and we don't even understand nature. <laughs> we don't understand photosynthesis. We don't know how the sun creates the green creates like we we think we understand, but. So we're creating interesting that we're now all like excited about blockchain or Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies like or the C coin which is going to be or the C coin I mean coin 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 <laughs> but we have to be careful that these initiatives don't get us back in the same uh, situation I hope which so. is a few people can control the system yeah. hack the system no one can hack your time no one can no one can steal your soul. Or maybe some people think they could try. <laughs> no one, no one can. No one has a right. So my vision is that first of all, on the personal level, everyone has their hour, their time clock. Yes. And nobody, it's nobody's. Nobody owns your time. I don't want a system. I don't ever want to see a system where a blockchain, cryptocurrency, is one in which, you know, your time can be stolen by somebody else or traded or used as an asset. No way. Every hour is worth the same value. Yes. I don't care if you're a catatonic person or you're a P double PhD, right? Yes. Your hour is, is equal to yes. that hour. Uh, in nature, we can back, we can create a cryptocurrency, which I've tried to do with some First Nations in Canada, yes. where you say, well, nature is the model of abundance. So nature's assets deliver what? The tree life. grows life, fruit, oxygen, you know, carbon dioxide, habitat for animals. Mm -hmm. All of those assets can be measured. And what we want to do is live just off the interest of nature, yes. just off the, you know, Without, and and nature wants us to tend, tend to it. Nature wants us to say thank you to it. Yes. Right. That's what Mother Earth wants. Just like, just say thank you. Don't just take, take, take. Yes. Plant Give back. Upon, exactly. And that's what the Tahitians showed me yesterday. You offer, you say thank you mm -hmm. by bringing a leaf. You mm -hmm. didn't even bring. You didn't bring a stuffy toy or an iPhone and put it on the, the temple. You know you. You brought a leaf with a stone, and you sing a song, and you just say thank you. That's and so nature will give abundantly if we're in the right uh, relationship. I agree. If the pono pono is right, then we will, then even the money system I'm talking about will be irrelevant. Mm -hmm. It'll be completely irrelevant, except for those of us who think that order systems are necessary. To optimize some type of, I don't know, optimize some function. What function, right? A fu an ad hoc function that reproduces itself. Maybe. <laughs> so I think we have to be careful with technology. I think we have to be, not get so caught up in oh we design a new, I don't know. I mean I know where you're working on this, you know, this island, this floating island idea. It, it's great. It's, yes. it's cool, it's innovative. But what does Pele say? The goddess of fire, of lava, of land, right? Yes. What, what, she, what will she teach us? Right? Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know that the answer is that because we're so Western. We're, in our heads, we're like, 
wow, you know, we're so romantic yeah. about our technology. And it's like, that's, that's nature is the technology. Mm -hmm. that's what does nature teach us? How do we mimic nature? Oof. There are so many things we could learn from nature, all the way from how to make better glues to how to self-organize our communities in a better way. Right. Because nature has billions of years of expertise, billions of years. Billions. It's not a couple of hundred years in, a, yeah. in testing a political system or a few decades in a monetary system. Yeah. Nature has 4.6 billions of years of expertise in optimizing functions. Yeah. Functions of energy, functions of quantity, functions of reproducibility, right. uh, on control. Also, nature balances really, really well the evolutionary line of life, yeah. which creates and evolves and creates and evolves with entropy, the, the destroy um, death, basically. Yeah. So, nature, you can think of of the wisdom of nature as a line that tends towards the creation of more life mm -hmm. and a line that goes in the opposite di direction that by means of entropic behaviors, by means of disease of existence, existence of some of these life forms, it creates a balance and a perfect balance that makes it reach an equilibrium by not over-polluting, right. over-creating. homeostasis. Uh-huh, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right. exactly. So nature's always moving towards harmony. Yes, that's the word. Right? Yes. And nature is resilient. Will it, will it deal with shocks and, and hurricanes? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yes. A tree can't be strong unless it has wind. Exactly. We learned that with biosphere too. It's like <laughs> the trees fell over because there was no wind. Uh-huh. It's like, what? The wind made the wood the xylem and phloem, the, the structure of the fiber of the tree, right, resilient and strong. Mm. So, you know, and, it, and I think, that, well, the interesting thing about humanity, I think, is that we also have studied, like, things like consciousness and, you know, saying we're created, if we're created in the image of the creator, of God, then we are created with love. So love is who we are. Aroha. That is the only truth. Aroha. Aroha. Aloha. Aloha means love. So when you say aloha, you think, oh, it's not just like, hi, you know, no. greetings, bon, bonjourno, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, it's like, I love you. Wow. That's what it means. Also, a and it's so powerful when you say I love you to somebody. Yes. When you it's like, well, wait a minute. It's like, I never hear that. Or, you know, how often do we hear that in a genuine way? Yes. And so all of creation think like holds its breath for us to say aloha. Wow. Tahitians say yorana, which means may may happiness be with you. May love be with yeah. you. Yeah. Yorana. So every time you say hi to someone, you are wishing them beautiful things in their life. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful things. I just say, you just say hey dude. <laughs> hey dude, what's up? What's up? What's up, dude? What's up, man? <laughs> You're on. In Spanish, we also say que mas, which means what more. And ah. every time someone says que mas, que mas, it's very informal. What's more? How? What's more? Like I haven't told you anything yet. Right? <laughs> in Chinese, I just started. In Chinese, when you say Ni hi, how, how are you? 
the first question, so in, you know that we say, hi, how are you? Yeah. In China, they say, hi, have you eaten today? Ah, ni hao, and then what's the next part? I don't speak ah. Chinese yet. <laughs> that, that is fascinating, isn't it? Have you eaten yet? Yeah. That's the first it's thing. It's funny, I'm checking time. Oh, I have here. Oh, we, we have a few more minutes. When is your birthday? May 10th, 1960. Okay, so May month 5th, 1960. Yeah. So if you have lived 690 months, 21,019 days, and 504,400 days. 55 hours. Wow, I want that calculator. <laughs> I'm closing in on 750,000. <laughs> oh, you should you <laughs> should celebrate your birthday based on the number of hours. It's true. <laughs> You're right, it's true. Yeah, I know that when you wow. your first billion is around when you are 33. Your first yeah. or second billion of seconds. I don't remember if it's 1 billion or 2 billion, but of seconds, of yeah. Seconds. Yeah, yeah I, I met someone recently who was going to be 33 soon, and he was going to celebrate his billion seconds. Wow. Yes. So I, I also believe that, like the Tahitians perhaps, maybe that's what they're reminding us all. Like time is, in the, in the long run, time is irrelevant. Yeah. Time is a circle. Like it's, it's only because we are born and die. To me, eternity is eternity. You know, your soul, your spirit isn't just caught here for a short time in a body. Nature will be here even after we die. Yeah, and that's why we, we see the elders. The elders are there. Mm -hmm. right? They're there in the orbs. They're there when we say all my relations, the indigenous people in America. Like, oh. When you go into the sweat lodge, the, the dark... Right, womb with the stones, the mother's, the grandfather's stones. You say before you go into the little hole, you say all, all my relations. Wow. All so my you relations. call, you call in all your relations your into ancestors. that space, all the ancestors, wow. and they're there. So it's like, it's this is just like a short, short time mm -hmm. of right. Yes. But still, we think, okay, great, we're gonna meet. Celebrate all the seconds I was I was here. <laughs> all right, great. Oh. But my, I think if I have a challenge for people, it's like, look at the things that I've learned yes. in in those many hours, right, of living, and how how I hope wish other people would be aware of all of these things, all these gifts that we weren't taught in school. You I, I, you hear them through you know through journeys and conversations and coming to places like this mm -hmm. and you're like wow we could we could really design a different economic system that's mm. actually honors that honors that wisdom without that not meaning non-profitability right because ultimately that's also a goal when you have an economic system so a lot of people might think oh yes na nature is beautiful but how does that speak to money so I know that you yeah. can actually calculate right. the value of natural assets and uh, get results of how preserving nature can increase the value. You, you did this with uh, the Inuit, no? Yeah. Well, in, I'm doing in it. Billions. I, I do it now, but even then, it's like it's a joke. 
you say, well, okay, you have a billion dollars worth of natural gas, right, or trees. So, a billion dollars. Okay, that's a billion dollars now, but in 50 years, that billion is only half a million. Because, right, it eroded its purchasing power. Why does that happen? How could money lose its power? Because too much more money is created than, you know, anyway, it just gets complicated. But the value, the monetization of natural resources is also a bit of a joke. It's like, it's just sort of like, pay attention, stop so uh, being obsessed with this money wealth, material wealth, yeah. and pay attention to what nature is doing. Nature is mm -hmm. providing these services for free mm -hmm. right now. In Jupiter, it rains diamonds. <laughs> in Jupiter, see? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course it rains diamonds. Yes. If it rains diamonds, then diamonds wouldn't be worth anything. Uh -huh. If every drop of water was a diamond, uh -huh. you'd be like, well, diamonds are, on this planet, they're, you think they're, there's a big ball of diamonds. And like, what? I could, on Earth, I could, mm. right? It's like seashells. Seashells are abundant, but, but not in America. The, the shell that they use here, the cowrie shell, the original money, is not available in North America. Okay. It came from here. So, but it was used as wampum in, right, in America as a, yes. a shell uh, sewn onto it. Yes. Yeah. Mm. So um, those are all the things that are, we should probably, we should probably close that. Close. So I can go back to Papiete. Because time is running. Unfortunately. <laughs> I have to eat lunch. <laughs> and I can't wait because uh -huh. it's going to be fish. <laughs> oh. Well, Mark, thank you very, 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 very much for being here. It's been thank a you. great week since I met you or a few days. It's been, I don't I don't know. And it's I don't a few care days. It does look bad. A few hours. <laughs> <laughs> a few hours. They feel like a week because it's been... It's been really nice to meet you and to to talk to you, to see that you reflect your book. And I'm looking forward you. to your... Yeah. Thank you for saying that. No, you do. Sometimes you don't, <laughs> like, you don't know. It's like, I just, you know, life is just one foot in front of the other, and you don't know wh why the book, you know, touched somebody or made them think. Or So thank you for saying that. Yeah, I value. Yeah. I value in the right way what you present in the oh. book. So I'm looking forward to your new book. All right. And let's close with a I love you. I love you. Aroha. Aroha. Yorana. Yorana, Nana. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on the Blue Frontiers podcast. To learn more about our work and find out how you can support the project, visit blue-frontiers.com or visit our social channels. You can like us on Facebook, Follow us on Twitter at Blue Frontiers or shoot us a note via our website. If you learned something and enjoyed the show, tell a friend or leave us a positive review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. Don't forget to subscribe to our show and remember to join us for the next episode. See you next time.